Ginger on ginger, ginger on ginger, Jacob has red hair, so does Alex. Everybody, welcome to Ginger on Ginger, the podcast where two redhead comedians choose a word, phrase, or concept, then discuss it through their gingery lens. I'm Jacob Godby. I'm Alex Tate. Alex, I think I have coronavirus. I legitimately think you do. And yeah, I'm not. <laughs> not joking. Um, I feel a lot better, but uh, I think we should just start with that story if that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm super interested. Okay, so uh, here's what my last couple days has looked like uh, i would go to work normally monday through wednesday i work with children so i'm exposed to like thousands of germs everything on the block you know yeah yeah yeah. wednesday night right before i go to bed i feel just like a little tiny tickle in my throat and i'm like well that sucks but i'll probably make it through the rest of the week and then i wake up thursday and my throat's fairly sore and so I call in sick from work, and I just sat there watching The Simpsons and uh, playing video games. And then about 3 or 4 p.m., I started getting feverish and getting chills. And I was like, you know what? It's probably the flu. I'm just going to ride this out a little bit. And then it just started getting worse, and I got, like, these violent chills, and then my joints started aching. And so... Mm. I took like three baths that day and then I was like texting my parents and I was like, hey, I think think I might have the flu. It would not surprise me at all if I had the flu. And my dad was like, well, go get tested or go get some Tamiflu. And I was like, I really don't want to go to the hospital because what if they test me for coronavirus and then I just have to be quarantined at the hospital for two weeks? Yeah, you could go to like a care, uh, first care clinic though. Or something like that. No, it was already too late by the time I decided to do it. Mm. It was like 8 p.m., 8.30. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so I packed a bag, just of <laughs> you, a change of clothes. You packed a bag in preparation for your quarantine? I did, yeah. It's always better to be prepared. I put oh, my gosh. phone charger in there and, like, some headphones and stuff, and, uh, packed a bag, and I went to uh, the hospital, uh, to get tested, and I get in there, and they have the entrance, the normal entrance is closed. They were, like, sending everyone a different way. And then you get in there and there's like five people, they all have masks on. And then they've got like this color coded wristband system. And they're like, have you traveled? And I was like, no. And they're like, have you been exposed to anyone who has traveled? And I'm like, yes, I work with kids. There's no telling where their families and yeah, they go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like, do you have fever? And I was like, yes. And he's like, do you have shortness of breath? And <clears throat> here's the problem, Alex. I did not and currently do not have shortness of breath. Okay. So you feel like you could run a marathon right now? No, but I couldn't run a marathon even when I am healthy. <laughs> so they have, you know, a green, a red wristband, and then one in between that's like red and white checkers. And I get the middle one and a mask. So you get the maybe wristband. Yes, exactly. I get that's the a pretty middle obvious one. coding system. I know, right? <laughs> There's a dude with just all three on one arm. And I was like, all right. Well, uh, he probably thought this is since Coachella got canceled. He was like, I got to collect these wristbands somehow. Yeah, all their all, <laughs> big wristband is like trying to get rid of their stock that they made. Yeah, 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 exactly. They're like, oh, uh, hospitals i know these ones have floating lsd penises on them but i don't know what yeah Coachella so i'm sitting in the waiting like. room and it's not actually that busy because i'm ahead of the curve right this is wednesday no this is uh this is thursday night yeah this poor like hispanic family i can hear them talking about me just like 
10 feet away from me. They're like, oh, why does the young white kid get a mask? And then they've got this old lady who is not there for a fever and she doesn't have a mask on. And I was mm. like, it's to protect you from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am the danger. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they pull me in and they do just like a quick blood pressure thing and check my temperature. I was running a pretty low fever. They send me back out into the waiting room until they have a bed ready. A little while later, I'm in there. This cute nurse named Shelby comes over and she's like calling me like sweetie and babe. And I'm like trying to joke with her. In fact, uh, I told her that, uh, and I didn't actually do this, but I told her, I was like, yeah, my dad told me to come get tested uh, for the flu. And I asked him, should I swing by the grocery store and buy a carrot so that when the doctor comes, I can put it in my mouth and say, what's up, doc? Did she enjoy that or did she just walk out of the room? Well, I think she enjoyed it, but only because I was such a pathetic specimen. Yeah. I hadn't showered in like, we're uh, at our like uh, tw- uh, 24 at that point. She enjoyed it from the perspective of her job is to make you comfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so then they swabbed me for strep throat and flu. I tested negative to both of those. And so they ask me again, have you been exposed to anyone you know has it? And I'm like, no. And they're like, have you traveled? And I'm like, no. Do you have shortness of breath? No. And she was like, well, if you develop shortness of breath, come back. And I'm like, can you just test me, please? So I know. Yeah, really? That's BS. And uh, yeah, so they did not test me for it. And now here I am at home and I'm like, well, I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I wish I had the flu, you know, because then I would be fine. I would know what I had, yeah. uh, and I, f- I do feel a lot better, it, but it kicked my butt for the last, um, for just like 48 hours solid, like Thursday afternoon till like yesterday morning was just awful, yeah. and I woke up in the middle of the night, Thursday night, after visiting the hospital with like chills so violent, it like caused me to vomit, and so I just ran a bath at like 3 a.m. and called my dad, and I was like, dad, I'm really sick. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, of course, he was like, you will be okay. You just have to sit in the bath and drink lots of fluids. I I feel like I was not prepared for being sick the first time, like away from home. No, it sucks. And this is the most sick I've been. Like I've had a couple colds since I moved away from home, but this is the, maybe the sickest I've been in a long time. Last year I had the flu and pneumonia at the same time. Oh, dude. And I was like on the verge of being hospitalized for it. And it was just horrific. And I, well, A, I think it was made a lot more horrific because I was like, I'll just get over it. I don't need to go to the doctor. Yeah, no, go early. (laughs) And then like I, so I like dealt with it for like two weeks and it was ungodly awful. And then I went to the doctor and they were like, you definitely have the flu. You need to like not interact with people. And also here's some antibiotics. And within like two days I was like, I feel amazing. Wow. Yeah, That is like the one underrated thing about being sick is how great you feel when you get better. Oh yeah. It really makes you appreciate the smaller things (laughs) in life, like breathing. Yeah. I slept like a full eight hours, uh, not last night, but the night before for the first time in like days and I woke up just like a new human being. I was like, whoa. So here's what makes me think that I have coronavirus. I tested no to both of those. And then last night I was like, I should Google and see if any interviews have come out with people who have tested positive for it and survived. And I started reading about their symptoms 
And the old people that got it, uh, our symptoms didn't really match. And so I was like, well, maybe not. But then I found this interview with a woman, also a redhead. She's like 30. She lives in yeah. Seattle. Okay. And her symptoms were exactly the same as mine. She was like, I got a tickle in the back of my throat. It came on in less than 24 hours. Fever. She was like, the chills were the most violent I've ever had. And then, you know, like after 48 hours, it was basically gone. And then I just had to sit at home for a week and uh, let it evacuate my system. The gross. So I just want to get tested because I want to know if I can like go to the grocery store, you know? What a weird time we live in. Anyway, Alex, that's a long intro. Uh, <laughs> what is our word of the day? Yeah, Jacob, our word of the day very simply is just illness. I just wanted to continue the conversation, but I wanted to try to make it lighthearted. I didn't want to make it like really dark or anything like that okay well let me tell you something funny that happened to me while i have it yeah. uh friday morning i woke up and i ate an apple and then i just sat down and watched tv for a few hours and then i got hungry so i put some eggs on the stove and while those were cooking i felt the immediate need to vomit and so i turned around to the sink and i have two sides of my sink one with a garbage disposal and yeah. the other one with like a drain trap. And of course I vomit an apple into the side with the drain trap. God damn it. <laughs> so I had to clean that up while I'm cooking eggs and, uh, you still cook yeah, the eggs. Bad. You didn't just give up on the eggs. I would have been like, fuck the eggs. No, I ate the eggs. And then my mom convinced <laughs> me, she was like, you need to buy some food. That's not eggs and apples. And so now I have like some cereal and soup and stuff, but um, I do feel a lot better. I know I sound sick and I'm a little congested still, but on the whole, I don't feel like I want to die. Nice. When you were like homesick from school or anything like that, did you have any weird practices you would do? Not that I can think of. I mean, I'm always, it's, it's the minute I laid eyes on The Simpsons, that's been like my comfort show. So no matter what part of life I'm in when I'm sick, I can put that on and just feel a little less alone in my sickness. See, for me, and this has had weird ripple effects in my life. For me, the show I would watch on almost an endless loop, and I hope there's people out there that can connect to this, is entire seasons back to back to back to back of America's Next Top Model. <laughs> okay. Uh, I cannot connect with you on that one. That's I don't know uh, interesting. Why? It was like on E Network in daytime television. Daytime television is like so awful. Oh my god, dude! Like the Gen Zers will never know how yeah. bad daytime television is. Oh uh, my god, it's atrocious. There's literally nothing on. Yeah, the people in charge of making TV channels was like, "Yo, what if we put nothing on during the day?" Yeah, because they just assume everyone's at work. Like, good lord, the only good shows to ever air on daytime TV are Maury and Jerry Springer and America's Next Top Model. Yeah, and honestly, like those pseudo scripted, um, like Jerry Springer shows, terrified me as like a child. Oh, same. I did not get an appreciation for them until uh, the last few years. No, I was. I had no idea how to respond to that. I was like, there's people, and of course, I didn't know it was scripted when I was whatever, 10. And I was like, there's people like that out there that cuss that much? How dare they? Yeah. No, it's basically just like a great improv scene. Yeah. And I would like love to be a writer back in the day for Jerry Springer, because I feel like no idea that came out of your mouth was like, just thrown in the garbage. <laughs> They'd be like, 
all right, they're pregnant, but this time it, they think they're pregnant from a donkey, and it turns out they're actually pregnant from uh, Aardvark, and the father... Yeah. The father dances after he figures out that he's not the father or some shit like that. And, and people are like, what? And the hey, Aardvark is a white supremacist. Yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like the you could just keep adding layers to it. And people would just keep like in the writer's room. People would just keep being like, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. They would literally know was never said at the Jerry Springer show. Yep. And Jerry just keeps his head down listening. And when he when he raises his head and smiles, that's when you know the episode's written. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it would it usually and it would probably end up with something like, and then the girl takes her top off, and then Jerry Springer's like, "Yeah, <laughs> it's all coming together." Yeah, dude, it was just <laughs> so I couldn't watch that shit honestly because it just terrified me, and I'm a little bitch. Yeah, so I would just watch America's Next Top Model. I don't know, like I've connected with so many people throughout my whole life. I'm like, yeah, I've seen every episode of every season of America's Next Top Model, starting from one and going to like 20. And they're like, what? No way. That's so interesting for you, a straight white man. And yeah, I don't know why, but it's just like really benefited me in my whole life. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole season. They're yeah, great. dude. Good, good TV is good TV. You know what I mean? So I think I enjoyed it more from the photography point than I did like the the drama part of gotcha. the show. Like I didn't care yeah, about yeah. that. But um, I would try to smize again. I hope somebody out there connects with the term smize. I would try to smize in the mirror, which just consisted of me like opening my eyes. So smize stands for smile with your eyes. Ah, yes. That's like a Tyra Banks term. Like you need to smize. Like sm- don't smile with your mouth. Your mouth needs to be straight, but you need to smile with your eyes. Is Tyra Banks related to Agent Cody Banks? Yes, it's his mom. So I would try to like smize in the mirror and it just consisted of me just like opening my eyeballs wider and like looking like an <laughs> insane person. I was just like, hey, hey, just trying to like open my eyes as wide as possible. Yeah, the thing about your eyes is that you can't smile with them. They are eternally dead. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm And I think I like slowly learned that. Like I would like, how come Tyra Banks can do it? AKA a professional supermodel. Yeah. And I was like, and I can't do it. What's wrong with me? The daytime TV thing uh, reminded me of one time I stayed with my grandparents and they have a basement bedroom and that's where I stayed and they put a little TV in there for me. So I was like, oh, I get to watch TV on school nights until as late as I want. Mm, and I remember flipping through the, yeah, I remember flipping through the channels and then I saw Sex in the City was on and I was uh. like, oh. I'm going to see some sex yeah. and maybe a little Nothing, city. Yeah. I think every teenage to adolescent boy around that time did that same thing. And then I watched, so I watched like an hour and a half of it and I'm like, this is boring. There's no sex. And then I noticed <laughs> the watermark in the little corner. It was on TBS and they were all edited TV 14. <laughs> yeah. I remember sometimes I would wake up super early. So my whole life, my we had hbo growing up Ooh. and we didn't pay for it ever my dad would just call the cable company and be like i want to cancel and they'd be like what if we give you hbo for free for three months and he'd be like okay no oh, did you watch those like real sex documentaries is that what you're about to tell me no because i would be again i was too terrified of that but i there i would try to watch some sex in the city there's still no like blatant sex scenes which is what my little perverted 13 year old mind 14 year old mind wanted it's still it's a really misleading title for a show yeah 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 it's it's like a they like have sex and they like start sex and then in classic movie fashion then they just like wake up the next morning it's just like implied sex and i'm like what yeah 
Here's the thing. HBO has since remedied that. <laughs> uh, well, I, I will say one time I watched a real sex documentary. I don't know what was going on. Either my parents weren't home. It was less of a risk for me. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm doing it. And it was just a documentary about how, <laughs> like, copies of male porn stars' penises are made into dildos. <laughs> I have seen that one. I've seen that same one. And I was like, wait, what? And then I watched the <laughs> whole thing, and I just watched some erect dude, like, dip his pe- his erect 12-inch penis into this, like, plaster mold. And then he had to stay hard for, like, three hours. So there's, like, women, like, naked dancing around him and, like, touching him. And he's, like, joking and having a good time. He's just trying to stay hard in the plaster mold the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, uh... this is not what I expected this to be. And then it's just no. like other women like lining up and they're like, my favorite is Michael. I bought Michael's penis. And I was like, what? What? I watched it in a hotel because you get the little HBO pamphlet and you look through it, you know, and you're like, oh, I wonder what's on. And you see something, you know, you're like 12. Yeah. Uh, and when by you, I mean me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 12. And I see uh, something called like real sex. And I was like, oh, they just air porn on HBO. And yeah, it ended up being that documentary. And uh, I do remember that. Just I remember trying to write like a hacky joke about like, Stay erect for three hours. I'm going to have to call my doctor. Yeah. Yeah. It was just such a letdown. And now I know how that's made. And I will never forget that fact. That would be a great episode of how it's made. <laughs> <laughs> that would really up the uh, History Channel's ratings. The History Channel? Yeah. I think Discovery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Shout out to my boy Greg, who works at Discovery. I'm serious, Greg. I want to reboot Dirty Jobs with me and Alex. Give oh, me a call. Yes. Nothing would... Oh, yeah. I love Dirty Jobs. That's not a joke. No, I've no. messaged him about it, and he does not reply. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude, we're from Montana. We know people who will give us dirty jobs to do. We can make jokes while we do those jobs. Yeah. Mike Rowe can appear in an episode or two. It's like a passing of the torch. Yeah. We can dye his hair red. Some sort of Gandalf-like figure. That yeah, when exactly. we come out of like the septic tank covered in poop, he's like, uh, <laughs> "Here's the best way You've to get it. Yeah. yeah, here's the best way to get poop off you." What if we did like a scripted Mike Rowe death? You know, like <laughs> episode one starts with him, and people are like, "Wow, this is just a reboot with him in it." And then in the first like five ten minutes, he dies. Yeah, he just and sinks we, like, into the upon the dead body, and we're like, "Well, I guess we have to do this now." <laughs> he just sinks into the poo, and then oh, we could add a little bit of plot. Somebody like cuts his air tube in the poo, and Ooh. yeah, and then slowly. So the throughout... whole time we're doing dirty jobs, we're trying to discover who murdered Mike. Yes, yeah, so we have to go. We have to retrace his steps and go through all the dirty jobs <laughs> to figure out who would dislike Mike Rowe the enough. Whole series to... <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Who would dislike Mike Rowe enough that killed him in the poo? That's a great idea. Uh, when you said illness earlier, too, it reminded me of uh, how I can't eat cheesy broccoli soup anymore because uh, my mom made it in high school one time and I ate it and then I got really sick that night and I did not make it to the toilet. Uh, so I just puked cheesy broccoli soup all over like my thick shag carpeting in my bedroom. For me, that exact thing happened with, you know, those like... Um, in the West, it's called Albertsons. Uh, is it like Hebe or whatever in Texas? H E B, yeah, H E B, whatever. Um, uh, like those like sugar cookies from the bakery section, like those shitty oh, sugar cookies yes. with like the where the frosting like sits on top of the cookie. Yes, with like the two inches of frosting at the top. I 
cannot stand the smell of those. And it's because we had a Valentine's Day in kindergarten once. And I just was <laughs> like, they had brought like a whole pack of those. And I just went unhinged and ate like 12 of them and got home from school. And I remember just vomiting like pink and red <laughs> everywhere. My parents thought I was dying because they thought I was vomiting like blood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I was, they had to like, they called the school and they were like, oh yeah, we just, we had these cookies. And to this day, if somebody even like brings them to a party, A, stop buying those things. I think they're objectively disgusting without me having gone through this. And then B. It's like a 3D printer. I tried to make a cookie. The smell is like so distinctive to me. I don't know. I can like pick the smell when I walk well, it doesn't into a smell room. Like a re- it doesn't smell like real food. Yeah when, yeah. when I walk into a room, I'm like, somebody bought those fucking cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you my friend that eats egg salad sandwiches at gas stations? Yeah. Uh, I talk to you or to people about you. <laughs> I could, I, and I forget. I forgot who it was. I'm just like, you guys won't believe this. I have a friend who buys egg salad sandwiches <laughs> from gas stations. And they're like, ew, what? That's the nastiest thing ever. And I'm like, I completely agree. An egg salad sandwich made fresh has the potential to be bad, let alone in a gas station. Like, I, <laughs> to defend myself slightly on this, I don't think I've done it in it's like six years yeah you don't quite have the steely gut resolve that you used to i really don't i mean just like i so we i'm from wyoming and sports involved a lot of travel like the furthest away oh dude i can smell your energy drink egg salad sandwich farts from here yes exactly it's good so like the furthest away thing we would do was like eight hours like that's a normal trip that's montana too yeah so we would start there would be a lot of gas station stops and there would be i was like you know (laughs) they literally did not care about our health whatsoever sometimes we would stop at a grocery store if we drove through a town that was nice it was always so cool to stop at a grocery store (laughs) my parents would always give me like three dollars and they're like this is enough and i'll be like it's not enough it's only enough for one lunchable and i'm 16 years old and i could eat 14 lunchables in one sitting yeah and so yeah i would one of my buddies once got like an egg salad sandwich from the gas station and it looked good (laughs) and i was like give me a bite of that and he gave me a bite of it and i was like fuck it i'm gonna start getting this from now on that's pretty tasty You you know that he had one of the only good egg salad sandwiches from a gas station, like in existence. I've never gotten sick from an egg salad sandwich. Anyway, I've gotten food poisoning twice. One time was from either a gas station hot dog or expired fruit juice in my fridge. I ate them. I remember you telling me about I ate them that. in a remarkably close short of time. <laughs> like I was really hungry and I was driving home from my father's in Idaho. And I just stopped at a gas station. It was the only thing that opened. I needed like, quote unquote, real food, not just like Oreos and chips. So I got a hot dog, drove home, made it home, was like, I'm really thirsty. Just like whipped off the cap of some fruit juice, drank it, was immediately like, that is very bad. That is very like old. I think it might be the juice, dude, because like a hot dog, you would almost have to inject some sort of like poisoning into it for it to be inedible. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of got like, I feel like a ga- uh, gas station hot dog is sort of like the Keith Richards effect where it's so old and it's just been baked for so long that it, really nothing is wrong with it. We should answer some questions, Alex. We did a call for questions last week and people listen. I'm very excited for this. I've not heard these questions. <laughs> Well, it's a Q&A, baby. You know you got questions and we got the answers. 
from Instagram, James Miller Us asks, what would you do for the ginger community if it was oddly ravaged by COVID-19? I think the obvious answer there is make more gingers. Here's the thing. We don't go outside that much anyway. So I feel like out of all the uh, hair colors, we're most prepared for this. Yeah. Um, the other thing about making more gingers, it sounds fun, you know, like, oh, yeah, have sex with as many people as possible. But uh, it can be tough to find people who are willing to mate with redheads. Like we talked about last week, we're not allowed to donate to sperm banks, I think. Can I tell you, and this is like a joke I wrote um, when I was like 17, mainly because... Oh, do please tell. Um, and I have a girlfriend now, and I love her. But when I was 17, I was obsessed with this girl in high school. And she had red hair. And I was like, why? Like, redheads are not allowed to date each other. Oh, yeah. So I came up with some examples. Um, you see a black guy and a black girl walking down the street, and they're holding hands or whatever. And you're like, what a cute couple that is. Um, you see an Asian guy and an Asian girl walking down the street holding hands. You're like, what a cute couple that is. If you see a redheaded guy and a redheaded girl walking down the street together, you're like, ew, gross. Why are those brothers and sisters holding hands right now? <laughs> when i started my job at the running store like my first day one of my coworkers was like oh you you're the guy you're the new guy with red hair my husband has red hair and you were like oh cool yeah uh i fucked him yeah i was like oh yeah we meet at we i know who your husband is we meet every month at the monthly redheaded underground meeting yes uh, you know yeah. I, I was like i don't know who your fucking husband is they're actually great people and i love them but i was still like what yeah so from facebook my buddy nick asks how close to being a race is gingerism? Oh, uh, extraordinarily far away. <laughs> yeah, no, we're definitely white. Uh, but Alex's last joke, you know, there are a few things. We have done a sketch in the past where we apply for a diversity scholarship based on the color of our hair. And uh, yeah. I don't know if it's as satirical as it should be. <laughs> but, yeah, I still um, find the concept funny. But at the end yeah. of the day, it's two white dudes asking for a diversity scholarship. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah, no, we're we're not a race. But we do have things different than other white people. For instance, uh, we have a lower pain tolerance. Yeah, we need a lot more anesthesia. And that's not a joke. I actually, like, when I go into the doctor's office, if I've ever had any procedures done, I either have to actually tell the doctor to like give me more anesthesia than you would a normal patient or they already know and they're like, oh, we need your redhead. We need to up the dosage. I agree with that. Brianna, we both know, wants to know what our plans are for the unavoidable future quarantine. Uh, I've been self-quarantined for a few days already. I am doing my high school dream of beating every Fire Emblem game released in North America. <laughs> I have three left. What a weeb fucking answer that was. I love the Fire Emblem series, dude. It's like close second to The Simpsons as, as like comfort. I've beaten... So there's two released for the Game Boy Advance. I've beaten both of those probably five or six times. And then there was one for the GameCube. And I've never, never owned a GameCube, but one of my buddies was cool enough to let me borrow it, uh, his GameCube. And so I beat that. Uh, and then there's one for the Wii, and that's the one I've played the most. Uh, and I've beat that, I don't know, 12, 13 times. And these are not short games. We're talking like 20, 30-hour, 40-hour campaigns in some instances. Uh, so I've sunk a lot of time. Can I ask you what the motion controls for the Wii are in a f like st strategic RPG game? There are none. They don't exist. You hold the Wii remote sideways and use it like a normal controller. <laughs> yeah, what a... God, what a waste of... 
technology no, the Wii so was. So then they moved to the DS and the 3DS, which I never purchased. So there's a hole there. And so from 2007 to 2019, I did not get a new Fire Emblem game. But then last year, Fire Emblem Three Houses came out. And I spent my summer in the air-conditioned apartment playing that. I've beaten it three times. I'm currently on a fourth one. And then I bought a 3DS off of eBay, and I beat Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, uh, Fire Emblem Fate's Birthright, and then just this morning I beat Conquest. And so Dude. There, I have Revelations, oh, Echoes, still, and Awakening uh, left. Oh, my God. That was the lamest fucking thing you've ever said. <laughs> You just kept going for like four minutes, and I thought at some point you were going to throw in a joke there, and you didn't. You just kept going about your fucking uh, <laughs> Japanese RPG weeb game I'm with big dead swords. serious <laughs> about how much I love Fire Emblem. Like, Ike is my dude in Smash Bros, and he's my dude in the actual game. Like, <sighs> I'm not joking about that. If you love Fire Emblem message me do people. not I want to talk do about not it. do not this will not become Alex, what some... are your plans are you still working are they gonna close the store um we are still i am still working in the store i expect the store to be extraordinarily dead you know what people don't need when they're in their house yeah running shoes <laughs> uh okay jacob j-a-k-e-b wants to know what the tallest food we've ever eaten is and my immediate thought is the ice cream cones in silverwood the ice cream cones in silverwood yeah do you remember when we went to silverwood and they do like first of all it's a waffle cone that's already like 10 inches tall and then they do three full scoops on top of that and then it's only like eight dollars i thought you were gonna say the ice cream cones that you made yourself once you got to college and you got into the cafeteria that they have at college and realized they have an ice cream machine and you're like, let's fuck this up as every, uh, you know, uh, 18 year old does. And you make, cause I did that. And then I was like, well now I don't want this. I just wanted to see how tall I could get it. Is that your tallest food? I don't know. Probably. What counts as a tall food? Like cause if you have to eat it vertically, because like I went to China and I went to a market there and I bought uh, some sugar cane and they just give it to you as an entire sugar cane, like the whole stock. So it was like four feet long, but I like ate it sideways. But if I was upright and then I didn't eat the whole thing and then sugar cane is also super fucking gross. You like chew it in you just like suck the sugar off of it essentially and then just like spit the fiber out onto the street i was in like rural china it was very socially acceptable to do that i thought it was gross i ate like a little bit of this four foot long sugar cane and didn't know what to do with it and then just like laid it down on the side of the street and walked away from it (laughs) okay so tuna who i can assure you is more fish than human says Dear Jacob and Alex, now that our horrible healthcare system is collapsing under the weight of a pandemic, mm. it seems like a lot of people will be stuck inside for long periods of time. What are some workout routines that can be done from the comfort of one's own home, while also preparing one's body for the inevitable looting and rioting? Gingerly yours, Tuna. Mm. My first thought when I read this was, if you're lucky enough to be self-quarantined with someone who you enjoy having sex with, do that a lot. Yeah, I truly wonder if we're going to see some baby boom. I feel like we will. Uh, I will probably have made no contribution. Um, unless, you know, all the t- tissues I've flushed down the toilet somehow manifest in some sort of like... Okay, all half right. Jacob, half-tissue human okay. that lives in the sewers. <laughs> okay. Your mom's going to be stoked She's going to be super joke. pumped with that one. 
he talked about the semen sewer monster, okay. and I just don't like that. We're, we're still talking about it. <laughs> uh, and then Cody asks, and this is our last question. Okay. Talk about living in Los Angeles. What was great? Not so great. Neighborhoods, etc. Uh, so <laughs> I've sort of resisted up to this point talking that much about LA. We've actually cut it out of other episodes, but since you've asked. Yeah, why... Did you ever want to live in that shithole town? <laughs> so, growing up in Montana, there's not a lot of, like, comedy opportunities unless you make them for yourself. And I read a lot of comedy books mm. and how to write comedy, how to make a career in comedy. And all of them said you need to move to one of the major comedy havens, uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York. And so I just figured... Why not go to the one that's closest? But I was also ready to get out of Montana because I I moved to L.A. when I was 22 and I had lived in Montana since I was five. And so I was uh, ready to escape winter, to be perfectly honest with you, and to just try something completely new and throw myself in wholeheartedly. And I know your answer. I know you didn't particularly enjoy your time in L.A., for a myriad of reasons. But if there's one thing that you do miss about LA that you're like, God damn, I want that back. If it's a restaurant or if it's the fact that you could see whatever artist, if they ever announced a tour, they would always have a show in LA. What would you wish you could ha ha like bring with you from LA through the rest of your life? You pretty much nailed both of them. Uh, the food for sure. And then like, yeah, when a band I like is, announces a tour, and this is the same in Austin for the most part, uh, there's almost always a show there. And so that was cool. To I caught up on a lot of bands I did not get to see as a child, and I got to eat a lot of new food. And the one thing I miss the most is the ramen in Little Tokyo, where oh, Trevor lives. Goddamn, that sounds and so good right now. so good. I even went back for Thanksgiving pretty much just to say hi to Trevor and get ramen. <laughs> What up, Trevor? Let's go eat noodles. All right, Alex, are you ready for a little police blotter? Yeah. Police blotter. At 12.12 a.m., a caller reported a suspicious vehicle parked near the First Christian Church. Officers made contact with the driver, who advised them he was just reading his Bible. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean... If I'm personally, if I'm reading my Bible, I like to do it in the comfort of the church. Uh, but I think it's very fun that he was just sitting out in the parking lot being kind of creepy about it. <laughs> A suspicious vehicle parked in the church parking lot. Do you think he was actually reading the Bible or he was just like, I'm reading the Bible? Oh, you're absolutely right. He was probably like plotting his, he was probably writing like his hit list or something. And he just happened to have a Bible in the passenger seat. Yeah. And if you open up the Bible, there'd be like a gun in there, like with the pages yeah. carved out. I've never seen that in real life, but uh, I kind of want to do it, but with something stupid, like a huge double-ended dildo. Yeah, that'd be a pretty big book. Yeah, well, you can. The, they make the Bible in any size you want, Alex. <laughs> it's the most printed book of all time. Yeah. At 7.54 a.m., an officer advised a crosswalk sign near the top of Lower Airport Road had been knocked over. They called the cops for that? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's crossing the road and I'm about to hit them because there's no sign here. I have no idea what to do. It's a completely <laughs> open field because we're on Airport Boulevard. There's literally nothing around me, but I, I can't, yeah. I don't know what to do. All right. Here's the last one. And 
I'm going to take a weird stance here. I think I'm going to agree with the caller on this one. Okay. At 1.57 p.m., a caller reported a dead fawn in their yard. That's a dead baby deer. The caller was advised that because the animal was on their property, it was their responsibility to remove it. Really? Right? I was like, that's so shitty. Like, someone's in, like, you know, their pajamas or something and they're like ew gross how did that get there so they call the police and the police are like ew we don't want to come touch yeah, that they're like fuck off that's disgusting i am surprised <laughs> by that i would be like no yeah. you come take this dead deer away i don't want it <laughs> i also want to i was listening to last week's episode and i just want to point this out you said the phrase crack open that worm yeah i was listening and I did say that, and I was wondering if it, I was wondering why a you didn't call me out when I. Yeah, when I'm I said glad it. you noticed too, wow. because I was like, "Whoa!" He said instead of crack open that can of worms, he was like, "I don't want to crack open that worm." <laughs> crack open like, that worm. I get excited sometimes, like, dude. Yeah, man. I, who lo- who doesn't love drying out worms and just cracking them open? <laughs> like a like a like a fried onion on like a yeah. sandwich. <laughs> All right, man, this has been an interesting episode. I feel like we got serious for the first time ever. Well, we kind of got serious last week, too. Yeah, yeah, mildly. Oh, update on last week, too. Alex Jones got arrested for a DWI here in Texas. Is no one surprised? I mean, I I had three people send me that after they listened to the episode, (laughs) so I just had to bring it up. Uh, Fuck fuck Alex Jones. Yeah. Um, If you like what you're listening to, tell somebody about it. You don't have to do the elaborate scheme that we said last week, but you can. Mm. And, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram at Ginger on Ginger. Go like us on Facebook at Ginger on Ginger Pod. Email us, whatever you want to email us, Ginger on Ginger Pod at gmail.com. If you want to sponsor us, you know, throw us a fiver and we'll plug your weed business. I don't know. Yeah. But not if it's a stand up weed business. Like, I, I want, I still want your under the table. Like, go over to f- 454 Kensington Way and Johnny. Yeah, we want. We want dealers, not dispensers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a weed dealer, <laughs> send us five. Send Alex a gram. I don't know. Mm. What, is a gram enough or is that a cocaine thing? That's a cocaine thing. Send Alex an ounce. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's man. Go, let's have get a good this day. shit standard. No metric shit. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Bye.